So what do you sell right after the GTO sells at an art auction? What is next? Also, have collector cars transcended the driving experience? And who are a few of the noted GTO owners? And lastly, how can you join me on this incredible journey as the GTO sells for a world record price? So I will answer all these questions and more on this episode of the Collector Car Podcast, Appreciating Collector Cars as Artwork. Thanks to this episode's sponsor, LLC, TLC. They are just doing an incredible job saving you money on your registration. Be sure to register your vehicles, airplanes, boats, street legal side-by-sides, and trailers to your own Montana LLC, and you will pay $0 in sales tax. So go to LLCTLC.com for more information. All right, I need to cover a few updates prior to this podcast episode. First off, with the Ferrari GTO selling for a world record price, the evening of November the 13th, I will provide you an update November the 14th. So my podcast will release hopefully by 10 a.m. on the 14th, not the normal Thursday. Now, I will still have the regular Thursday podcast uh, coming up. So there will be two that week, just as a heads up. Hopefully, I'll have it posted by 10 a.m. And I will share with you everything I can possibly share that is not private. Next, the GTO book has arrived. If you're watching online, I'm holding up this GTO book. This is from R.M. Sotheby's, a nice hardbound book that was given out to potential bidders. I will review that on one of my GTO shorts here coming up shortly. Also, I will have GTO-specific shorts launching November the 1st through the actual auction. Be sure to catch the two or three right after the auction because those will be some fun ones that I wanted to save until afterwards. All right, I'm also seeking collector cars for the Scottsdale auction as well as Moto Miami. Both incredible auctions. Scottsdale, I believe, is January the 25th. And then Moto Miami is the weekend. Three-day concours, all sorts of fun stuff happening down there beginning February the 29th. And I want your stories. I want to know if you have any barn find stories, some more original owner stories, or if you have hidden treasure stories. So this is where you know there's this amazing car or amazing collection and you like to share it. Now, these can be anonymous. You don't have to tell me who owns the car. You don't have to tell me the state but I will require pictures. So if you do know of a cool barn find, maybe it's never going to be for sale, but it would be fun to see it and fun to share it, especially if it has a cool story. So if you have something fun you would like to share, shoot me a note, greg at thecollectorcarpodcast.com or gstanley at rmsuthabees.com. And where will I be soon? Well, you can join me in New York. I'm going to tour the gallery on November the 4th. And I will do a video and post that. So if you can't make it up to New York, you can see how the car is presented at Sotheby's New York headquarters. And then also I will be at the Las Vegas Concours. I will be podcasting from the lobby of the Win. Uh, podcasting will occur Sunday uh, the 12th from about 10 a.m. till 12 noon. And then I will be running around the show field on Saturday as well. So if you're going to the Las Vegas Concours, please let me know. All right. So like I said, the GTO auction is scheduled for... November the 13th and uh, at 5.30 p.m. Unfortunately, it is not televised, but like I said, I'll have all the results and I will share with those with you on the 14th. Now, if you're planning on visiting the GTO in person, just as a heads up, from November the 2nd until November the 12th, the gallery is open from 10 a.m. until 5 p.m., except for Sundays when it's open from 1 p.m. until 5 p.m. Now, on auction day, because it is auction day, the gallery will only be open to the public from 10 10 a.m. until 1 p.m. 
Now the actual auction is invite only and no, I cannot get you in. <laughs> I've been fielding numerous requests. Honestly, if I was not the consigning car specialist, I do not know that I would be able to get in. So it's definitely only for uh, bidders is what is happening for the actual auction. Now next week, I will do another GTO episode. And this one, I will review every interesting printed word about the Ferrari GTO sale, including what they got wrong because I've noticed quite a few of these articles are not getting all the information just right, including the Wall Street Journal, which surprised me. Uh, so just for fun, I will review some of the fun things that were mentioned about this sale in a lot of the different articles. And after I do the auction recap on November the 14th, I will review the cars coming to RM Sotheby's Formula One auction in Las Vegas, which is really cool because we have Lewis Hamilton's Mercedes AMG Patronus F1 car, along with some other really cool and incredible cars. And then after that, I will review, uh, I'll update my Porsche market trends and I will review the Porsches, all the white Porsches come into the white collection. Now this is December 1st and the 2nd uh, in Texas in the Houston area. So some incredible cars there. And I figure that's a good time to update a lot of the Porsche market trends that I know all of you love. And finally, the New York auction, which includes the Wolf of Wall Street Lamborghini Countach. So a lot of fun stuff happening in the auction world through the rest of the year. And that does not even include the uh, auctions that are occurring overseas. Now for this episode, a wise man once said, you can't drive a Picasso. I thought that was hilarious because artwork is so expensive and yet you can't drive a painting. You can enjoy a car and still appreciate it for the work of art that it is. Now, the values of specific cars, the GTO included, while very valuable, tend to trend behind noted works of art such as Andy Warhol's Shot Sage Blue Maryland. Now this one sold for $195 million and believe it or not, this actual painting has a hole in it. Now it all comes down to the story and this one is a good story. There were five of these paintings made by Warhol, five different colors and a woman walked into the gallery and shot four of them, shot the painting in Maryland's forehead, four of them, and this is the one that was repaired. But still, $195 million for a painting. Now, the world record is actually for a very old Da Vinci painting, Salvatore Mundi, uh, circa 1500. That sold for $450 million. So it's just really insane to see the prices that uh, paintings bring nowadays. And when you look at these incredible cars, yes, they're incredibly expensive, $60 million, $70 million. It's just insane. But when you compare them to artwork, it seems like there's still more runway. A recent article from Financial Review caught my eye as it related to cars and art. The title of this article is Why This Rare Ferrari is Considered a True Work of Art. It could fetch $100 million or more at auction in New York next month. And no, we're not talking about car auctions here. When one of the world's most valuable sports coupes goes under the hammer on November the 13th, it won't be at a car auction. It will be during Sotheby's marquee sales of modern and contemporary art in New York. The 1962 Ferrari 250 GTO, as RM Sotheby's website puts it, one lifetime, one car, one chance. Many believe the car in question, a perfectly restored 1962 250 GTO with a stellar racing pedigree, is not only a legitimate work of art on wheels, but will fetch a price worthy of a top impressionist perhaps $100 million or more. A thing of rare beauty as worthy of its likely price tag as any impressionist painting. And I bring this up because when you're auctioning off the GTO at an art sale in New York, 
you know, it's really kind of catering towards not only the auto enthusiasts, but also artists around the world. And over the past few years, for a long time now, cars have really been seen as works of art, specific ones. I'll give you a few examples here. The first example, if you're watching on YouTube, you'll see these pictures. Uh, it comes from the truth about cars. Now this is the Bugatti, 1925 Bugatti Type 22 Breska Roadster that was pulled from a lake. Now this thing is unsalvageable, but it's, again, it's because of the story related to it. This car is front and center at a noted automotive museum as is, which is very, very fascinating. Another example would be, speaking of Andy Warhol, Andy Warhol did a painting of a Mercedes Gullwing years and years ago. Uh, so in this instance, the car, which is a work of art, is also the subject of a work of art. And RM Sotheby's recently sold that car through uh, Sotheby's Sealed. I don't know the price and I don't know where it went, but it's my understanding it went to a Warhol uh, collector who wanted the car from the actual painting. Now I did approach this to one of my clients who has an incredible museum that includes artwork. And I said, this would be gorgeous. Put the car out front, put the Andy Warhol reproduction painting behind it. And that would really, really be amazing. Another example of cars uh, just really taking off in the automotive world. You can listen to my interview, Rolling Sculpture with Ken Gross a few months ago. And that's where there were some streamlined Art Deco cars um, on display at the Vera Beach Museum of Art. And these were just incredible, incredible cars that were works of art. And uh, they were shared in uh, a museum and the gallery presentation was just absolutely unbelievable. And then as you see collections around the world, specifically some museums and some big collections, they're really displayed in such a way that really focuses on automobiles as artwork. And so this particular one I'm showing right now is a Nethercut collection. I believe it's in California. I've never been there myself. I would love to go. And then also the Mullins Museum with all their Bugattis, just absolutely stunning the way they're presented. And then Aldrain. Aldrain is much smaller, but all these cars are presented in an absolute wonderful environment. Beautiful, beautiful cars. Uh, so it's very interesting to see how more and more cars are being seen as works of art and they're commanding the prices of like works of art. So the whole point of this podcast is I wanted to share what is going to sell after the GTO sells. So it starts selling at 5.30, Monday the 13th. It'll probably take about 20 minutes to sell it. Uh, I won't go through every lot here, but uh, Sotheby's is having their New York sales that same night. And it's really cool on their website. If you pull it up, it goes over what's happening every day. And all of the pictures are of paintings, except for the GTO, the one, the 1962 GTO. And so I pulled up, and I'll pull up a few of the more noted artists that maybe you'll recognize, and along with the prices for these paintings, which is truly incredible. All right, the first one I'm pulling up, let's see, is, this is interesting, Bothis. I'm not, I don't, do not know that artist. It's called La Patience. That is the name of the painting. It looks like a woman that's about to pass out, very muted earth tones, and she's leaning over onto an old table. And I can't tell if she's reading something on the desk or if she's about to pass out. Estimate on this one is 12 to $18 million. You heard that right. The next one I'll share is from Gerard Richter. Now this one estimate is 25 to $35 million. I'm not even going to try to tell you how to pronounce it, but it looks like a lot of 
red, uh, red and black and dark blue um, paint swatches across a canvas. It's very striking for sure. Uh, the big one I would recognize from all the museums from growing up, Claude Monet. The estimate on this one is 30 to $40 million. And now most of these are coming from private, uh, private collections, which is really amazing. Next one is Jean-Michel Bachois. And I did look that up. That is pronounced pretty accurately. Uh, this one's really crazy. It's just a dark black figure with African themes as well as a dark green background and some creepily drawn hands around it. So the estimate on this one is 40 to $60 million. Now what I found pretty interesting, and I'd love to find out the price of it, is there is a Pablo Picasso, uh, one that's on offer, composition of guitar, and the estimate is price upon request, which is very interesting considering, you know, they'll put out the estimate of 40 to $60 million. So makes me think that this one is probably uh, a lot more than $60 million or else it would be on the website. So really, really interesting. Those are some of the lots that are selling after the GTO sells. So I'm gonna stick around and see what some of those go for. And uh, I will be sure to sell, share the Picasso sales price if it is public knowledge. All right, next on the podcast, I wanted to cover some of the more notable collectors of Ferrari GTOs. It is a very small club. There are some fun things you can do as a GTO owner. Uh, some cool rallies and such, as you can only imagine. You can show the cars anywhere you want in the world. Uh, but I thought I'd share a few of these, which are pretty notable. The first one would be David McNeil. Now, he's the founder of WeatherTech, those wonderful floor mats, and a lot of other things that I have in my cars, actually. He famously bought a 250 GTO a few years ago for a reported price of $70 million in a private sale. It's my understanding David Gooding of Gooding and Company Auction Houses was the one that facilitated the sale. It's a gorgeous car. Now, I've also heard it sold for more like 65 to $67 million. Uh, doesn't matter. Uh, that's a lot of money for sure. Uh, beautiful car. And he does take this one out quite a bit. It's my understanding it will be one of the, it will be the showpiece car for the FCA annual experience next year in the Chicago area. He also has an incredible 250 GT Berlinetta short wheelbase car that uh, I was fortunate enough to judge at the uh, annual, uh, annual experience uh, this last year up in Bend, Oregon. Just absolutely stunning car. All right, the next owner of note is Nick Mason from the band Pink Floyd, uh, the drummer, obviously. He's owned this car for such a long time. And let's see, pretty interesting note here. Now this is from classicgrid.com. Nick Mason is well known in the music industry to be the famous drummer of Pink Floyd, this music band that sold 250 million copies around the world and influenced many other musicians. He is to one of the lucky 39 car passionates that owns a 1962 Ferrari 250 GTO, the most expensive Ferrari of all time. Now when he bought this car, let's see, Nick bought his Ferrari 1977 for 37,000 pounds using the money coming from the release of the Dark Side of the Moon album. People were telling him that he was crazy spending this fortune for a car. In 2010, Nick turned down a $30 million offer for the car. So he still has it. Whenever that car comes up for sale, if it's sold publicly, it'll be very interesting to see what that one sells for because he's such a famous guy. All right, next. Let's see. We have, this is from sharpmagazine.com. 
The Ferrari GTO is a machine in its own class, so covetable, in fact, that Walmart's Rob Walton, Sir Anthony Bamford, and hedge fund founders Tony and Lulu Wang each own not one, but two of these classic beasts. Now, it's my understanding, uh, Rob Walton, as well as the Wangs, they both own one of each one of the Series 1 cars and one of the Series 2 cars. So that is just crazy. One thing I have heard about Rob Walton is that everything he wears, you can buy at Walmart, which I think that's pretty cool because obviously he can afford whatever he wants. Also concerning Rob Walton, he has quite a collection of cars. Another car he owns is one of the five Corvette Grand Sports. This is one of the Roadster versions, as well as that Jaguar C-Type, Maserati 450S, just some really stellar cars, Ferrari Testarossa, uh, incredible tastes in cars. And he races a lot of them. All right, next we have one of the biggest collectors of all time, Ralph Lauren. Uh, this picture here, he's in front of his McLaren F1. Uh, but he also has a 250 GTO, as well as one of the three Bugatti Type 57 FC Atlantique Coupes. That's one of the most expensive cars in the world. Just uh, quite stellar tastes that he has. He has one of the four. Ferrari 375 Pluses. One of those is in lit litigation right now out of Ohio. Uh, so again, one of the top collectors in the world and an owner of a Ferrari 250 GTO. So as you can see, whoever owns this car next is in a rarefied club and they get to do some fun stuff. So as always, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. I will talk to all of you next week where you will hear more about this GTO. And I, I promise we'll switch to Porsches and muscle cars and other stuff right afterwards. So as always, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And I will talk to all of you next week. Thanks for listening to the Collector Car Podcast. Don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes and be sure to follow us on Instagram and everywhere else at the Collector Car Podcast.